Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Well, we're not going to do the bumper video today. We just opted for it to, to, at the last minute not to make it. Uh, but it is good to be with each and every one of you. How are you doing today? Good. Yeah, you feeling good? Yeah, you're not feeling as good as I need you to feel. I was telling, uh, I, I was telling Carlos when he was preaching. Carlos uh, Nieves preached for the first time two weeks ago or three weeks ago it was, I guess. And uh, I said, Carlos, let me give you a little secret to, to how I get motivated to preach. When, when the people that I'm, I'm preaching to are motivated to receive, then I'm motivated to preach. So that's why I'm always asking you how you're doing, and you have to give me a little bit back. So let me do it one more time. How's everybody doing? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I heard you. Praise be to God, man. I, I'm glad you're here. Otherwise, like, why are you here? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, if I'm being honest, like, what are you doing here if you don't want to receive today? Like, you don't, like, there's no, like, law that says you got to come to church on a Sunday morning. You could, you could be anywhere else. You know, this is Miami. There's the beach. There's the boat. There's the Marlins or whatever season we're in. Like, there's all kinds of stuff. Thanks for being here today, though. Really. Thank you. I'm glad that you're here. I don't want you to be at the beach or the boat this morning. I want you to be at Renew Church this morning. All right? All right. Fantastic. Well, um, we are in a sermon series, and I'm just moving this up a little bit. We're at a sermon series that we've been in for the last few weeks called God Lies. And uh, this is the final week in the series, and I'm excited uh, to bring this message uh, to you this morning. Um, and let me start with this. I have a friend, and uh, he's a good friend of mine. I've known him for several years. And he's a guy that's always checking in on me. He's asking about my parents. I mean, when, when we moved into the area, he was one that was always asking about, like, you know, uh, how's your mom and dad doing? He had never even met them. And, and uh, he was one of the first that I told when my dad died because he was the guy that was always like, hey, how's your dad doing? He was an amazing guy. He's never been to Renew Church, but he's very positive towards what we do. And, uh, like, he's this good person in so many ways. Like, he cares for his family. You see it. He cares for his neighbors. You see it. He even cares for the neighborhood cats. Like, you see it, the way he interacts with them. Um, but he, he's into New Age philosophies. So you might hear him say something like namaste or, you know, like, he, he gives these, like, peace phrases and things like this. And, and uh, at his front door, they have a little Buddha statue out front and, and other things. To honor anonymity, I won't say anything else because I don't want you guys trying to find out where this guy <laughs> is. But um, I see this guy and I'm like, man, this is a really good guy. And, and yeah, he has these new age practices and philosophies, but what do you do with that? Because he's a really good person. So do all roads lead to heaven? Do all roads go to God? Because aren't we all going the same place when we die? That's the topic that we're going to talk about today. That's the, the comment that I, I, I'm dealing with, or the, the, maybe what we've called the God lie that sometimes we, we deal with. Maybe you've heard it this way. Everybody has their own version of God, right? And, and uh, it kind of reminds me of this decal that maybe you've seen on the back of, of vehicles, cars, um, it's this one here. Have you guys seen this before? 
And if you have it on your car, I'm not judging you for this, but this is a decal that sometimes we see on, on the backs of our cars, and, and it's coexist, right? And um, in looking at the sticker, it's right, right? Like coexist, it's what we do, it's, it's the truth. I'm coexisting with my friend um, who, you know, believes in New Age philosophies and, and uh, some of these different Buddhist principles. Um, and I'm also coexisting with um, Wiccans and Muslims and humanists and atheists and anyone else that the sticker represents. But does that sticker, does that decal mean even more than that? Does it mean that you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe, because all roads, we're, we're all on a path and we're all getting to the same place. We're all on our way to heaven. You see the T, it's the cross of Christ, and we're thankful that they kind of threw us a, 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 a you know, a, a T in the, in the midst, but I wonder if that's also just kind of a, a, a shot at, like, hey, I'm glad that you believe what you believe, but don't bother me in what I believe. Do all roads lead to heaven? Are we all going the same place? I will say this as Christians, we have to love every letter in this word. We have to be as Christians Christ to every letter in this word. But can we say that every single one of these or, or other representations are the same, going the same place, maybe just on a different road? Well, today I want to address that, and I want to look at what the Scripture says about this. I want to talk about the idea that all roads lead to heaven. Hear the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. This is our key verse, and if you're taking notes, we'll be talking... Um, about two different parts to this message. Here's the first part, which is about all roads leading to heaven. Matthew 7, 13 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the road, and for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So Jesus is saying here, it's a small road that leads to life, and only a few find it. The other road is, is broad, and many are on it. And unfortunately, these are Jesus' words, not mine, but they lead to destruction. Here's another words of Jesus, John 14. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You see, Jesus is clearly saying in this verse that it is not many ways to God. It, it's Jesus is the way, Amen. the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Let me give you one more example. Finally, after witnessing Jesus' death firsthand, I mean literally his death, his crucifixion, his, his burial being put in the tomb, and then his resurrection, along with 500 other eyewitnesses, Peter, he says this to a crowd of witnesses or a crowd of people that are wanting to hear more about who this Jesus is. He says this in Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Amen. These are the words of Jesus and the words of Peter telling us that it can't be both and. It can't be every way and all roads and we're all going the same place anyway. 
The religions of the world are very different, and it's hard to say they are all right when they, when they say otherwise. It, it's hard to just say everybody's right when, when they don't say that everybody's right. For example, in Judaism, it's based on works, and there's a judgment day decision based on the work that you do to earn your salvation. Hinduism is based on multiple reincarnations before you reach your ultimate goal of reuniting with your universal soul. Buddhism, it grades your life according to the Four Noble Truths in the Eightfold Path. Muslims earn their way into the presence of Allah by performing the duties of the five pillars of faith. They might consider Jesus as a good teacher and a historical figure, but not that he was God himself. Jewish people accept the Old Testament. The same Bible we read, the, 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 the Torah, the, the, the Old Testament, and the five, first five books of the Old Testament... But they don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah that the prophets foretold of thousands of years ago. Islam says Jesus was not crucified. Christians say he was. Both can't be right. It doesn't make sense. Buddhists reach nirvana after multiple reincarnations. But as Christians, we embrace one life, one death, and one joyful eternity for those that place their faith in Christ. That's what we believe, and it's not the same. It doesn't, you can't just pretend like they're the same when they're not. Hindus, and I've been, I've, I've been to India. Hindus worship hundreds of gods, and, and they're everywhere. They're all over the streets, and, and you've got to be careful of uh, how you interact with the, the, the beefy ones. You know, you're not allowed to, to touch them. The, the, the cows that are literally roaming the streets of India. Uh, but these, these gods... These statues and different figures of God, they're impersonal. While we worship a personal God, we worship a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and it's a personal relationship with Him. It's not just a figure or a statue or something that we look to. So how can all the world religions, how can the world religions be all right if they say that the others are not? If I'm honest, it just doesn't make sense. One has to be wrong, which means only one can be right. Can all roads lead to heaven? Trevor, that's so exclusive of you. You're, you're being very exclusive. You're being very close-minded. And I'll be honest, I am. It is exclusive, but rightfully so. Think about it for just a minute. If the United States had five different governments and five different presidents, how would that make sense? How would it make sense if we had defense systems under each government and justice systems and healthcare systems and immigration systems and, and financial and many other social and, and different programs under each of these governments? Would it work? It almost doesn't work now when we have one system, right? <laughs> How much crazier could it get when that happens? So why would the God of the universe, the omniscient, all-knowing God of everything, why would you think that it's okay and he would want to go ahead and say, you know what, this is good and this is good and this is good. If, if it wouldn't work in the government for something as, you know, temporary as, as you know, our nation, a few hundred years old, how, how would it work for eternity? It wouldn't. And it doesn't. There is one God over all the universe. And so our faith is exclusive, but it's also inclusive. Because the most famous verse in the Bible says that God so loved the whole world 
that he gave his one and only son as a sacrifice, that whosoever believes in him, they would not perish but have everlasting life. You see, it, it is exclusive in that we believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, but it's inclusive in that he did it for the whole world. And when he says the whole world, he's talking about all mankind for all time. Not a people group, not a special number, not a generation. It's the whole world. So why Christianity? And I'm not going to get deep into apologetics today, but why Christianity? Why is it your way is the right way and not these other world religions that have millions of followers? Why is it that Christianity is the way? You see, Christianity is a relationship, it's a faith based on what he did, based on what Jesus did. In every other faith, major religion, minor religion, it's about what you do. It's about the things that you do that will determine your eternal destiny. So we believe Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. But it, it's not because of us. It's because of him. It's not just this God up in the sky or God up on a shelf or God that you go to once a month or once a year, once a week or whatever it is. It's a personal relationship that he's here, that he hears you, that he knows you, that he wants to be in relationship with you when you wake up and when you lie down, when you're struggling and when you're hurting and in every moment of your life. So we would never say all roads lead to L.A., we wouldn't. It doesn't make sense. If you get on I-95 and you go north, you're going to get to New York. You're not going to get to L.A. So why is it in our faith that we can say all roads go to heaven? All roads get to God. Which leads to the second part of my message. I'm kind of given two parts, part of, partially because I want to make sure I hit both of these things and I want to cover them and I, I hope that I give them enough justice, but I, I want to talk about the fact that all roads can't lead to God, but I also want to talk about this other concept that kind of ties in as, as we kind of bring the funnel down from it's, it's all about Christianity, it's all about Jesus, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and then I want to bring you down to this very like specific thing, which is this concept of Easy believism. Easy believism. It's a false doctrine that sometimes as Christians we bring into our church by making salvation seem as simple as just praying a prayer to be saved. And I'm guilty sometimes of making it almost sound like that. I'm guilty of being the one that says that. In other words, you might say Christianity is the only way, but saying it and living it are, are two different things. Let me clarify this. It is as simple as praying a prayer, but that prayer is the beginning of a relationship. It's not the culmination. It's not the end. It's the start of a walk. It's the start of a changed life. It's not, oh, I'm good now from here on. Believing that just by reciting this prayer ensures all the benefits of salvation and cleansing and redemption and justification and escaping the judgment of God because you said one phrase one time in your life, it really doesn't line up with Scripture. You know, at Renew Church, our key verse is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. Like, it's a new heart. It's a new life. It's a new creation. Repentance is this way of changing your mind. It's turning from your old ways and walking in the newness of life. But easy believism, what we're calling that, is just what it is. It's easy just to say it. There's, no, there's nothing else that you do. I mean, yes, by the grace of God we're saved, not by works so that no man can boast. But literally you prayed the prayer and then you just continued to live your life. The question would be, and some, some um, Christians would say, well, you just never really meant it. You never really prayed it. You never really believed it. Easy believism. I want fire insurance. If there is a hell, I don't want to go there. So if I pray this prayer, 30-second phrase, I'm good. And that's it. Easy believism, no submission, no surrender, no taking up your cross, no losing your life. There is no cost. But I can take you through Scripture, verse after verse, of Jesus saying, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. It's full surrender. It's life transformation. It's not just easy believism. You know, in a couple weeks, we're going to be offering baptism. I'm super excited about this. When we take someone through a baptism orientation, we talk about being identified in Christ through baptism. What is that identification? It's identification in his death. It's identification in his death. A lot of times we love to celebrate the the coming out of the water, which is the resurrection. But guess what baptism also is? It's the dying to your old self being buried and the old self dying and then the new self being resurrected. So we celebrate baptism, but it doesn't just identify in resurrection. It identifies in death. See, we love the resurrection part. But you can't have a resurrection without a death. You just can't. It doesn't work. I mean, there's, there's no need for a resurrection if nothing died. So there's got to be a death. So often people are doing these things. They're, they're dedicating their children. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're getting baptized. They're taking these steps. They're raising their hand. They're praying these prayers. All for just a kind of a Maybe a, a little bit of security. And that's not what this is about. That's easy believism. What Jesus wants is full surrender. Total, like, life change. And he seeks that from you. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 7, and I'm just going to cover this. I don't think it's on the screen. Yet now I'm happy, not be, but because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. He's saying, I'm so glad that your, your, your sorrow, I'm not glad that you were sorry, but I'm glad that your sorrow led you to repentance. That all of a sudden, like you had this like godly sorrow for, for you became sorrowful as God intended and so were not harmed in any way by, by any of us. Here's the key phrase. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. In other words, you have this like heartbreaking thing. You can't even explain it. It's like, God, I don't know what is the matter with me, but I just can't get over my sin and my selfishness and my brokenness. God, I need you. 
Godly sorrow leads to repentance, it says, that leads to salvation, and it leaves no regret. In other words, you don't regret a thing you're about to do or what you've done. You're, you're literally been washed by the blood of the Lamb. You've been washed by Jesus' sacrifice. But it says, but worldly sorrow, it brings death. Godly sorrow leads to repentance that leads to salvation and it leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow, it's just like, man, I'm sorry that this all happened. But I'm not willing to change. So, what do I want you to get? I want you to get that Jesus is the way. I want you to get that we believe that He is the only way. Like, Yes, there are other faiths, there are other religions, but Jesus says He is the way. There isn't many roads to heaven, there is one, and it's through Jesus Christ. But then the second part that I want you to get is, is what that means, what that looks like. Full surrender, total life transformation, not just praying a prayer. Our faith is not just saying Jesus is God. Our faith is saying Jesus is Lord last note in your worship guide if you're taking notes our our faith is not just saying jesus is god or a god our faith is saying jesus is lord so is jesus lord of your life is he lord of your coming and your going is he lord of your your family your job and your home your 24 hours a day is he lord of every minute or just this, this 65 minutes. Because it's not just Jesus is God, it's Jesus is Lord. There's a guy in the church, been coming to the church for, for several years, and, and uh, there was a season in, in time early on in his coming to church that every time I'd give an invitation, and I, I give an invitation almost every week because I never want somebody to miss that opportunity. So I, it does start with the prayer, but it doesn't end there. And there was a, a, a guy in the church, and he would, every time I'd give an invitation, this guy would raise his hand. Like literally every week, he would raise his hand. And we talked a little bit about this amongst the ministry team and the leaders and stuff like that, and we were like, what do we do? Like we would give out a Bible to the, the new believers and people that would raise their hand, and then we were like, man, we're running out of Bibles. We don't know what to do. <laughs> this guy keeps on taking Bibles kind of joking a little bit but he would raise his hand every week and I was like I don't think he gets it I don't think he understands like you pray the prayer you accept Jesus in your heart I, I prayed the prayer when I was seven years old I was at my bedside my oldest my second oldest brother Kyle he led me to Christ he said you want to accept Jesus as your savior I said yes we knelt down by my bed and at seven years old I prayed a prayer accept Jesus accepted Jesus into my heart in my bedroom and I believe that was the moment in my life when I accepted Jesus. I prayed the prayer. I, I, I got it. But I'm growing in my relationship. I'm walking in my relationship. But this guy, like every week, I want to pray it again. I prayed it again. Pastor, I prayed it again. I'm accepting Jesus again. And we were like scratching our head. What do we do? Do we confront him? Do we stop him? Do we like lower his hands? Do we not give the call? Do we say, everybody except for that guy, raise your hand? Like, what do we do? We're not going to do that, I promise. If you raise your hand, we, I promise we won't do that. You could ask him. He didn't. We've never done that. But I would say this. Like this guy, after a few times, 
He's not raising his hands anymore. And I will, I will say this, this guy is one of the people in our church that I would say top, like, I don't, I don't want to like categorize, but he's a person that I would say gets it more than most everybody else at this point. It was almost like he just kept on having to like say, man, I'm still trying to get it right. I'm still trying to repent. I'm still trying to turn it around. I'm still trying to change it. And all of a sudden the light bulb came on. And all of a sudden, this guy, wow. You hear his testimony, and you're like, wow. You hear the old life versus the new life. I mean, like literally the raising of his children and the the brokenness and everything that he did. You're like, wow. Like decades of brokenness have been restored and healed. So if if, if each hand raises... One decade, like keep keep doing it, my brother. Praise be to God, because this guy is that Second Corinthians five seventeen. He is that new creation in Christ. I say all that to say I want I want you to keep coming back. I want you to keep raising your hand. I want you, if you don't know for sure, then get it right and do it until it's done. But when it's done, like my friend, you don't have to raise it anymore. But make sure your life is changing. Make sure there's fruit. The Bible says a tree is known by its fruit. In other words, you're not going to pull apples off an orange tree. It's not going to happen. You're going to find Christian fruit. You're going to find the stuff that represents who Christ was and the life that he lived off of a follower of Christ. Make sure that this step, this, this prayer, this accepting of Jesus isn't the end, but the beginning. And if it takes a while, keep coming back. Keep raising your hand. Keep seeking God. We want to help people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Know God. Yes, Jesus, I, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Find freedom. Get you know, uh, peace from your yesterdays and and find forgiveness and give forgiveness and do all the things that you need to do. Build relationships with some, some, some other believers, followers of Christ. Get into this, these, these small groups that will help you and disciple you and walk with you. Discover a purpose. You find a, the reason why you exist, why God, God put you here, why you're in this context, in this time. There's a reason why you're living in 2022. Find out why and for who. And begin to make a difference. Use those gifts. It's the beginning, not the end. Amen? We're going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord today, and we're going to give a salvation invitation. We're going to give a chance for somebody to pray the sinner's prayer, as we always do. But as I say it, if you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, make sure that he's Lord of your life, not just a God of life. Would you stand with me today? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe God's speaking to you. If you're wrestling with this concept of the exclusivity of faith in Christianity, uh, that we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Man, I want to encourage you to keep coming back. 
even if you don't believe it, even if you're struggling with it, if, even if you think that it, it, you're, you're worried about your loved one that doesn't believe this, I want you to keep coming back. I want you to keep praying for them and keep believing for them that God could change them and transform them because I believe in the miracle-working, way-making God, that He can do that. If you're wrestling with this concept of easy believism and you just came to church because you just want to say thanks because, you know, God gave you a roof over your head and food in the fridge, but you're really not seeking Him, man, I want to encourage you to, to seek Him with all your heart. I want you to surrender. I want to encourage you to surrender your life to Him and let Him be Lord of your life. Let Him have everything. Your family, your finances, your friends, your future, just everything. Just let Him have everything. It's the best choice you'll ever make. It starts with that initial prayer. It starts with that that prayer of salvation, and it's not the words, it's the heart. Scripture says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, then we shall be saved. It, it's, it's, it's a confession. Lord, I need you. Forgive me. Come into my life. And then it's a belief. It's a faith. Because we are saved by grace through faith, not by works so that any man can boast. We, we have no place in this that, that it's in our own works but today if God's speaking to you and you say man I I want to take that first step I want to raise my hand and I want to ask Jesus to come into my life to forgive me to make me a new creation in Christ don't worry about what your friend or your family member or anybody else is saying just right now just shoot your hand up and say pastor pray for me today I'm accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior if that's you today just lift up your hand that's you today. Lift up your hand. Praise God. Maybe in the room there's the person, though, that has prayed the prayer. And you've prayed the prayer, but you, you've just still been wrestling with the full surrender. And you need to say, you know what, there's this area of my life. I've given God 95%. But there's this area of my life that I haven't given to God. And you might be clenching on to the seat in front of you saying, I'm not willing to do it. But God's saying, do it. Give it to me. That one piece. You know what it is? He knows what it is. Today's the day when you just say, I surrender that to you, oh God. If that's you today, just lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm surrendering this piece of my life. I see your hand. Praise God. Anybody else? Anybody else says, I'm, I'm surrendering? Yes, I see your hand. Praise God. Anybody else? It's full surrender. That leads to total life change. So God, you, you see hands, but you also see hearts. You know where every person is in the room and those online. And God, I pray that you would just begin to do a new work in each and every one. That, that they would become, as we talk about all the time, a new creation in Christ. The old passing away, the new resurrecting, the new being here. Thank you, O oh God, for the good work that you're doing in hearts and in lives of these, your people. God, for the person within the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, maybe that person online or in the room, God, that doesn't know you, it's a simple prayer that goes like this, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes, 
forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Make me new. I want to be a new creation. I want to die to my old self. And today I choose to live for you, to follow you. Thank you for dying for me. And because you died for me, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, I want to welcome you into the family of God, and I want to celebrate with the angels of heaven because the scripture says that all heaven rejoices with even one sinner that turns from their ways. Praise God. Come on, let's give God praise for what he's doing in hearts and lives. We're going to uh, go into a time of worship. If you need prayer for anything at all, these, this, this front represents just an area where you could just come forward. And, and uh, some in our first service, they make, make these, these, this stage kind of an altar or an, a kneeling area where they come forward and, and they just kneel and they pray. Or you could just come forward and pray for anything. And if you need prayer, some of our prayer ministers and people would come behind you and just rest their hand on you and pray with you and for you. If you need prayer for anything at all, don't worry about what anybody else says. Don't worry about what your husband says or your spouse says or anybody, your kids. Just come forward if God's speaking to you. While we sing this song, while we conclude our time together, if you need prayer, come forward. Make your way. Greater. 
you may be seated. What a powerful name it is indeed. Thank you, Pastor Trevor, for giving that powerful message. And can we give it up one more time for the worship team? So we do have a few announcements, starting with next Sunday, July 31st. It will be Hope Sunday. Yeah, no, we can give it up for Hope Sunday. Absolutely. So we're asking you guys to join us. We're going to be uh, discussing about the Hope Center. We're going to hear some powerful testimonies from a lot of the Hope Center guys. It's just going to be a great moment for us to just see what God is doing in Renew Church and through the Hope Center. But that's on Sunday. We'll talk about Saturday real quick. There's been a rumor floating around that we've been challenged to a kickball game at the Hope Center. So we have accepted that challenge and we are asking for all the men to come out and back us up at 10.30. We will be meeting at the Hope Center. We're gonna, it's just gonna be a great time. We're gonna fellowship, play some kickball. Um, lunch is gonna be provided. We're gonna have ha um, hot dogs and hamburgers. It's just gonna be a great time. So we're asking you guys just come out, join, support. Um, it's just gonna be a great moment. If you need any more information on that, you can reach out to myself, you can reach out to Pastor Ricardo, and also you can reach out to David May. So um, August 14th is back to school Sunday. I know the kids are dreading that, but some of the parents are excited about that. So um, we are trying to bless 200 students between both campuses. As you walk out, you're gonna see a basket. It has one gallon of empty bags. There's a list. Uh, just pick up one of those bags, get some school supplies. We're going to be giving out to these kids on August 14th, blessing these students as they get back to school. And last but not least, Alan and Arlene Lynch are going to um, a missionary trip. It's a work and witness mission trip. They're going to represent um, Renew Church in Nairobi, Kenya. Yeah, give it up for that. So with that, I was able to, um, I was fortunate enough to hear a little bit about this missionary trip at our last board meeting. It sounds like an amazing opportunity just to bless others who don't have as much as we have and just to show God's love on them. So if you would like to support that as well, you can do it two ways. You can do it either in person through one of the uh, envelopes on the seat back, um, just designate it Africa missions trip, or you can do it online at renew.miami slash giving. Again, just designated Africa missions trip. So if you will join me in welcoming Pastor Trevor back to the stage. I would uh, conclude Mikey would do the uh, offering piece, but I decided I would do it. I asked Carlos if he would let me uh, come up and do this piece. And, and I just want to, I want to say, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity in giving to Renew Church. God has blessed Renew Church in some powerful ways, like talking about that, uh, that, that pie auction event that we did last uh, month still blows my mind that we raised $20,000 on a $15,000 goal. Amen. And I want to encourage you, if you've never given to Renew, to take a step of faith, to believe God, to give, to Renew, to be a part of this, to, to support the ministry and, and the mission of leading people to a renewed life in Christ. We talk all the time about the uh, 
amazing grace of God. It's that grace that we don't deserve. It's the things that he, he does for us that we, we didn't do anything to get. Because of what Jesus did, we receive salvation and eternal life. But I, I always try to contrast and make sure people understand this. Even when I do a stewardship series, which uh, we do them in November, I talk a little bit about the, the difference contrasting grace and favor. Grace is what you don't deserve. Favor is the blessing of God because of the things that you do and because of your obedience to God and your trusting in God with your finances and other areas of your life. And I personally just want to testify to the favor of God in my own life. In a time when things are going up and, and, and it's, it's really like a challenging time, God has, has reduced my mortgage somehow. I don't know how. Uh, God, God gave me a, 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 a back payment on a, a car accident that happened several years ago, um, and it, the check showed up this last uh, month. Um, we got a check in the mail for, for no apparent reason for $1,800 that I didn't, didn't, wasn't expecting. And I, I just say this to say there is a difference between the favor of God and the grace of God. And, and the favor of God is when you're trusting God and you're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things are added unto you. In our stewardship series, we talked about it back in November, about trusting God with the tithe and believing that he'll do this. Not because we need it, but because of what God does for you when you trust him in that. And I want you to be able to trust him with your tithe, that you'd believe him and you'd start giving. Maybe you can't give the full tithe, but you need to start giving somewhere and start trusting him with something. But I challenge you to do it. I challenge you to, to, to take that step because I, I can't explain it. But God has in a season and a time when, when things are going down and spiraling in, a, in the wrong direction, God is providing for our family. Trust God. Believe for it. If there's anything I can do, if I can answer any questions, this isn't a guilt move or anything like that. If you don't want to give, don't give. But if there's any questions I can answer for you about how our finances are spent or where that money goes, man, come and talk to me. I'd be happy to share that with you. But thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Would you pray with me? Oh, by the way, there's three ways to give, right? I think we have that on the screen. Envelope in the seat. You drop it in a bucket or in a box on the way out. I'm going online. Renew.Miami forward slash giving or texting the word give to 786-565-1165. All right. So uh, thank you so much. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your uh, just this opportunity to hear from you, to worship you, uh, to, to receive, but also to give back. And I pray that you'd bless the giving of your tithes and our offerings for the building of your kingdom here and around the world, we pray. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Go in his peace. See you next week.